Talk Radio. We're live and exclusive on www.toontalk.co.uk from the epicenter, which is Gateshead. Well, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks with Newcastle winning a few games while I've been in Germany, and then you come back home, and then we get back to what we normally do, and we don't win a game apart from the FA Cup on um, since October. So it's been an interesting last couple of days with lots of football going on and. Uh, lots of talk regarding the takeover with Dubai, with I have my co-host this evening, Neil Mitchell, calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, Andrew. How are you, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, uh, so, obviously, we're in a stalemate with the takeover. It seems to be a stalemate. It, it looks like uh, there was a second bid came in, but that hasn't been verified. So, there's Rubbish. a lot to talk about tonight. We'll get Neil's views on what's <laughs> actually happening in Dubai currently. But um, let's get to my first guest this evening, a, a regular now on, on the show, and Steve Bauer, uh, commentator, presenter, and all that. Views are, aren't those the BBC, Premier League, BT Sport, NBC, etc., etc. Represented by johnholmesmedia.com. Good evening to you, Steve. How are you? Hi, Andrew. I'm good, thank you. Good stuff. Uh, obviously, we've got Neil Mitchell, who will be jumping in with, with, with questions for you as well. And no probably the first one to start with... Um, uh, people who are interested in cricket, bit of a dismal show, and obviously Ben Stokes has uh, been charged today as well, Steve, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He uh, he hasn't had a good few months, has he? So, um, <laughs> bit like his bit like his teammates down under, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, it was, it was almost been. I I like to be able to watch the watch some of the games, and I think that the, the problem with watching it, it's there's nothing to watch essentially. It's just like a walkover, really. And we only had a couple of good days, but I'll actually go back to, I think, when uh, Moeen Ali started at the start of the, the, the actual series. His words were, oh, we're going to, he's the one guy you can't replace. And as soon as I heard that, it's just, it's a, it's a negative start. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, uh, I'm not saying we would have won the Ashes with him, but I think we were, we would have put up much more of a fight and, Psychologically on both sides, isn't it? It's like football, you know. If um, you know, Bournemouth looked at that team sheet yesterday and there isn't Alexis mm-hmm. Sanchez and Mesut Ozil, you know, it, it, it gives them a lift. And when Australia looked at that England squad with with no Stokes, unquestionably, just added to their belief. Mm. What did you think, Neil? It wasn't good, yeah. was it? Just a, it, it, it started badly, and then they got like they seem to always do get dragged into the into the sort of mudslinging with the Australian mm. press and they fall for it almost every time mm. and they get dragged into this sort of where everybody puts pressure on them from all sides, the crowd, the press the opposing team and they absolutely played into the Aussies' hands um, there's, there's dressing room issues there certainly and I don't think they've, they've been addressed I know the, 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 the coaching staff are saying that they've learned their lesson um, a bit of deja vu there for me. Um, I'd, I'd like to see it to believe it. I mean, I know they've got off, got off well in the 50-over game and, and made a hell of a score, but it's, um, it just feels like too little too late. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think it's nice that they started the limited overs, but uh, it's all about the ashes for me. And, you know, maybe I'll catch a game 
I can be bothered with what's going on. But it's interesting though, Steve, isn't it? When you when you look at um, Newcastle's glorious failures uh, when it comes to Liverpool, I'll include Neil in that as well. Uh, it's interesting that the uh, the fact that the game has been celebrated probably quite rightly, but um, it's been a mix and match with the with the Man United way of thinking when when they went there and Man City go there and. and 4-1 down, all of a sudden it's 4-3, it's game on again. And, but is it a glorious failure, uh, or is it, um, should they have gone there with a different um, philosophy, do you think? Well, it's a really interesting point, this, isn't it? Because, you know, a lot of people are sort of saying, oh, well, Manchester United's point when they part the bus at Anfield early in the season looks a good point. Um, well, I suppose if they finish in the top four by a point, the end of May, you could point that. I was talking to a Newcastle fan this morning, actually, who um, who said to me, you know, as good as those go- games, those those classic games were uh, at Anfield to watch for a neutral, I'd much rather, you know, seen a Newcastle side shore up a bit and, and, and get a result in one of them or, or both of them and not being remembered as, you know, as the team that were beaten in those two classic games. I think yesterday's slightly different because of Manchester City's situation. Um, if they'd been one point ahead, uh, I'm not suggesting there would have been a, a completely different approach from Pep Guardiola, but I, I think that he might, there might have been a slightly different um, mindset. Uh, I think you know, good to give Jurgen Klopp uh, some credit for you know st- sticking to his principles, having the courage to, to press and, and get at Manchester City. But you know, let, let's be honest, they were taking to the to the field with a 15-point lead. Um, at the top mm. of the Premier League, um, the chance to make it 18, and, and if and if they didn't, I think Pep Guardiola was getting a bit fed up of uh, of all the invincible questions and will they, you know, go on forefront and go unbeaten? And he, I, I thought, um, and I was presenting this, I thought when when he spoke afterwards, he was almost like pleasantly relieved that they'd lost in a very difficult fixture. They they graciously come back to four three, and you can't ask him anymore about going through a league season unbeaten and they're still 15 points clear at the top of the Premier League and in every yeah. competition so I think I think he was almost smiling with, with, with a tinge of relief there that he'd taken part in a great game um, but like I say if he'd been going there you know one point clear uh, I, I think he might have seen a, a slightly different outcome 15 point cushion certainly lets you play with a certain degree of uh, gear band exactly. shall we say um, I have to say I, I picked the game up I finished work a little later than normal yesterday and I got a message from a pal who was actually in the bar where we usually go and watch Newcastle games and that bar is actually used by the Liverpool Supporters Club out here and so I ran down the road to catch kick-off and it was it was absolutely bouncing it was it was quite packed um, and I have to say when it went to 4-2 there was a lot of squeaky bums in that uh, in that bar the Liverpool fans you could palpably feel the atmosphere go to one a dread and then when it went to 4-3, there was a lot of them looking at each other like, oh my God, not again. Uh, and, and the blessed relief at full time. Um, you, you've, you've got to give them the due for playing a, a pressing high-tempo game, the forced errors out of Man City. Um, though, again, it comes back to you quite right. Um, a Man City with a one-point lead, I don't think would have gone and played the same way. They'd have played a very different way. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to when it comes to those games, I, I, if I'm being honest, I prefer a lot more of them because they make it might they might stop showing Newcastle's against Liverpool. <laughs> our, our our issues that we've had going there. And it was funny actually watching that yesterday. Um, it, it was like kind of watching 
Newcastle, but obviously the way that uh, Liverpool played, uh, the way that they, you know, they scored a goal is something. Uh, you, know, you, you watch it and you think it, it takes your breath away, Steve. Oh, listen, I think, uh, you know, if you're neutral, pay money, they are the, they are quite clearly streets ahead for two teams to watch at the moment. I mean, Spurs on their day, um, you know, are, are a little bit way behind and, and, and are still a good watch. But those two, um, you know, going forward, and, you, you know, there's a lot of arguments around today that, that even without Coutinho, Liverpool's front three are as good as City's. Um, and they were certainly clinical yesterday when they were given the opportunities that um, that any football fan would, would want to watch. And you know the way the way City went yesterday with with that cushion we've talked about um, to, to play was always going to make it a good spectacle. I had, I had never any doubt there was going to be entertainment and goals because of the two managers, their approach, the two sets of players. It was you know. And I, I think, chaps, the Premier League needed it. We've had a few drab affairs in, in the last few months. A lot of games over Christmas, and there were a few people getting a little bit footballed out, a little bit, um, I'm not going to go back to Newcastle, Man City, and all that approach, but there's been a few of those. Um, and I think the Premier League needed it. The, the, the sort of neutral fans needed it. Wow, that's, that's a reminder of, of what the Premier League can produce at its very best, you know? Yeah, I was going to get to the, obviously, Newcastle, there's lots of things happening in Newcastle, and when it comes to the it's funny, isn't it? When you can't play away from home, uh, you know we we see the getting results. But it's home, and obviously the Man City game. I, I get I'll get your take on it in a second. But actually, no, I'll, I'll, then I get to Neil. But uh, tell me, what did you think of the way Newcastle played against Man City? Because I must admit, I was in Germany watching it, and I nearly and I never did. I nearly threw my my iPad into the wall because watching it. Yeah, and I, obviously there's a lot, I had lots of pushback when I, when I, I think when I said it, and also some of the commentators got uh, a hard time, especially Gary Neville, uh, the, the fact that we were playing Man City. But what was your take on it, Stephen? Um, and you know you'll get a hard time of me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be lying if I said I was surprised, although um, I didn't quite think it would be that drastic um, bec- only because I, like I said to you guys before when he was manager of Liverpool I knew Rafa quite well and the, the pragmatic approach and, and then Rafa's great belief is you know um, there's two things one one, one he is, he's the total opposite to Jurgen Klopp if you like um, he, he you know he'll always think of, of the defensive end of the pitch first whatever players he's, he's got at his disposal like even when he had Gerrard and, and Torres and Sergio Garcia in, in, in their pomp and Dirk Kautz as well. He'll always think of that end of the pitch first. And secondly, he'll always uh, err on the side of caution with the players that he has at his disposal. So, you know, once they had a defensive foundation at Liverpool, then he'd let the handbrake off the likes of Torres and Gerrard and etc. Now, quite clearly, he doesn't think he, he, he has the players to, to do that um, at Newcastle. So the way Manchester City were were playing up until that night, and the way other teams had, had approached um, the games recently, uh, leading up to that game, I'm thinking of the likes of Huddersfield, uh, the likes of Southampton, uh, West Ham, who who took the lead against them as well. Um, but I think the crucial thing, apart from Huddersfield, was the other two were away from home. I think that's the 
that's the thing that surprised a lot of people. I was, I was actually presenting in the studio in London, and um, Alan Kerbisy was one of the guests. And as a manager, he couldn't believe it. He was not quite thrown his iPad like you, but he, he, he could not believe. Um, and all he kept saying to me was, if he does this, fine, but they have to beat Brighton. They have to beat Brighton. If you're going to do this and, and you know, surrender the white flag at home, then you have to beat Brighton. And, and all he's doing is putting extra pressure on his players for the game against Brighton. And, of course, we know what happened then. So, um, I, I was surprised at the, at the magnitude of it. I certainly wasn't surprised at, at the approach, even though it was at home, um, purely because of the way Rafa is. And, he, and, I, and I think we've talked before about, you know, he's a political player. I think, again, if, you know, whoever, whoever ends up owning the club, whoever ends up trying to give him some transfer funds, it's, it's just another message. It's his way of saying, you know, I haven't got the players to do that and you need to provide me with money to get Thank you, Neil. Well, look, I, I, you know what I'm like for, for, for things like stats. You look at the, compare the stats of that, our game against Man City, where we got absolutely hammered by everybody for the way we played. And you look at Crystal Palace's subsequent draw, nil-nil with Man City, where they got praise lavished on them. Um, and you look at the stats, the stats in terms of possession shots on shots on target, shots off target, for both teams are almost identical. The only difference was that day nothing went in for City uh, against Palace, and yet Palace got lots of praise. And I know it was controversial what he did, but um, we've got to, he's got to make the best of what he's got. He's only got what he's got, and nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what the tran- transfer window's at. He still doesn't know what budgets he's got because nobody knows what's going on. And so, um, yes, it was it was a little surprising, but I was actually quite impressed with the way that the, the effort they put in to try and shut Man City down. That was a hell of an effort. And everybody's overlooking that and saying, oh, Dower and it's terrible. Yet nothing when Marino parks the bus anyway. Nothing, n- nothing of the same level. Um, as ever, we're fair game for everybody. It's an e- we're an easy pot shot for anybody to take, have a go at. Um, yes, it put more pressure on for Brighton, um, but I, I would rather they went into the into the Brighton game having suffered a one nil defeat than having a go going into Brighton having leaks four or five. Because I tell you what, we're we're, we're going to have our work cut out to do the same again this this coming weekend. Um, the Fettle Man City are probably going to be and I think we're, we're, this is the weekend where we get a hiding. I think everybody's pretty much looking at that and it'll take a monumental effort to do the same again and um, the, 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 the team put a huge effort in to do, do that against Man City I watched it up in, in Rasa Kema um, in in a bar that's now the official black and white bar of Russell in Russell Gamer, um, and it's uh, it it was a tough watch. I'll say that I, it wasn't an easy thing to sit and watch, particularly surrounded by Emiratis who were there to watch Man City uh, and couldn't kind of quite work out what was going on. I don't think they'd seen a game like that, some of them at all. Um, so it was. Uh, it was an interesting evening, to say the least. But at the same time, um, I, I, I think don't think the team, and I don't think Rafa's getting—he's he's getting no praise for doing something actually that was 
quite remarkable to shut them down the way they did. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, the one thing I've come out last obviously last couple of weeks I I, I heard that Jermaine Janus turned around Peter sorry Steve and said that um that it'll take without without um Rafa Benitez it's gonna take a it it's a, it's gonna take a miracle mm. to stay up. But it's because we've got Rafa Benitez that we've got a we've got a good chance. Um the thing is the the, the one thing I think that's um deflating Newcastle's our support essentially is the fact that he's he's not able to buy players. Now every time we've seen Mr Ashley he always you know, he says, Oh the one thing that gets him off his seat essentially is the fact that Newcastle could go down again. Like I remember that interview which essentially wasn't really an interview but it was an interview uh, with Sky but uh, and he he got very animated saying, Listen, I'm not gonna you know, that's not going to happen again. I, I, I won't, I, I, I can't do it. It's part of his brand. He can't afford to go down. Now, obviously you've met, you've met Rafa. For him to go into several meetings with Rafa Benitez and essentially not t- tell him how much he can have and um, it must be very, very, very difficult uh, situation, especially if I suspect if, as everybody seems to suspect that you know the 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 owner just is essentially waiting for the right offer and he's prepared to dra- put the nails in the coffin of Newcastle in in that respect, uh, uh, Steve. I have a I have a great deal of sympathy for Rafa at the moment. Um, it, 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 it's a nightmare situation for any manager, really. You know, he doesn't know who's going to own the club. He doesn't know whose boss is going to be. He doesn't know whose budget is going to be. Um, you know, he's missed out four or five players in the last transfer window that are now playing in the Premier League. Um, you know, the likes, uh, I understand the likes of Javi Hernandez at West Ham United and, and players like that. So he was a frustrated animal before a ball was kicked. Um, and that frustration is, is, has only been building. And, you know, he is. He's, he's soldiering on as, as, as best he can. I, and to be fair, I agree with JJ. I, I, you know, if, if, I don't know, for, for argument's sake, you had one of the other managers down there, um, Paul Lambert, for instance, who's been appointed with Stoke today, then, uh, you know, I, I think Newcastle will get relegated. But the mere fact that you've got Rafa Benitez, I think they'll stay up. Um, so, you know, and, and I think if he's allowed, eventually... To, to use his con- contacts, use his influence, and, and, and get better quality players in. You only have to look at the, the Premier League table at the moment. Watford are having a shocking run, and there they are, ten Bournemouth yesterday. You know, suddenly up to thirteen. Newcastle will be absolutely fine, but um, but until he can, he's allowed to, to do that. As mm. uh, as you say, mystery surrounds. You know, nobody knows come the end of January what the situation is going to be. And um, and whether he's you know been able or allowed to get new faces in, nobody really knows what the actual current situation and state of play is. Is, is because no. nobody really knows what Mike actually actually wants in terms of asking price. We've we've had it said that there's bids on the table at certain amounts, some of which we can verify independently, but. Others not. There's rumours upon rumours circulated. Mainly, it seems from the 
PR side of the Ashley machine. Um, but nobody actually really knows where we're at. And, it's, and it, as far as I'm concerned, Mike Ashley's got two choices now. Stand by the words that you say, or do the right thing and invest in, in, in your asset and give Rafa some money to do something to keep the team in the Premier League. It, it, it's the, There's only two ways to go. And if he does neither, if he's prepared to gamble yet again and inflict a third relegation on where during his tenure, then the man really is just a big jackass. Steve? Very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very quiet. Silence. I thought that was finished. I thought that had finished the show, Neil. That was that strong. you know, that's that's where it seems to be at the minute. Nobody seems to be saying this, though. Everybody just it, it seems to presume it's just this big Mexican standoff. Um, and and I've, and and it's now starting. To, I'm starting to get irritated by people saying, "Oh well, if they've got that much money, they should just pay the asking price and go." But what is the asking price? Hmm. And and if I was buying an asset at that amount, say three hundred million, and I've been told I've got to pay another fifty or sixty million, when I know I need to put another hundred million at least into the team, when you're seeing an above average centre back has just gone to Liverpool for the fee that he has, because he's no world beater, and the, the fee that Van Dijk's gone to Liverpool for is flaming ridiculous. Um. It, for that kind of money, you'd have to be Franz Beckenbauer for me, but that seems to be the, the, the modern amounts. And so it really has gone absolutely crackers. You're not going to get a decent striker for anything less than 20 million these days. And even then, you may be pushing it. And so anybody buying the club, if they've got to invest extra in the team, no matter how much money they've got, they'll have to be real real bonkers investors. I think it's the madman from Vietnam that Mike Ashley seems to think's on the horizon with four hundred million pounds in his back pockets. Who who could quite easily come and do a um what any number of semi lunatic chairmen have done to other clubs around the around the country in terms of changing strip colours and trying to rename grounds and trying to do this and do that. Um it's this is this is we don't know what he wants and where he's at with it all, and it's very very frustrating. And it's starting to get the fans are now somewhere between utterly frustrated and just totally cheesed off. There's guys I'm getting messages every day from guys saying, "What do you think I should do? I've got my deadline for my renewal and my tickets, oh, yeah, and yeah. if I've got to sit in that ground with him as the owner again, I don't want to do it." But the renewals for to keep the tickets at the prices they've they've got them. They've got to be done in the next two weeks. Um, so, you know, is, is that what Ashley's holding out for? Is he holding out to get everything to a certain point and then maximise his, his, his return once he actually gets out? I've just got no idea what the man is doing or what he wants. Um, the fact he's been on holiday is absolutely irrelevant because I'm sitting here talking to you guys from Dubai on, you know, via the magic of the internet. So if I can help chip in with my ridiculous and random thoughts on a radio show on a, on a Monday night from one side of the globe, I'm damn sure he can say, yes, that's, that's the right amount, no, I need more money, by phone, email, text message, WhatsApp, 
God, you've got more options than you have yet because they've just blocked Skype over here again. Um, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous to see he's on holiday and nothing can happen and then expect suddenly when he comes back off holiday everything's going to happen. Um, has he not left somebody else dealing with it, perhaps, maybe, even if he is properly on holiday, which he wouldn't be anyway? Um, it's, it's time for him to put up a shut-up. And I tell you what, the, the, the unrest will start to spread through the ground again. That's not going to help the team. It's not going to help Rafa. It's not going to no, help that, us. That, that's a, that's a really good point now. I mean, you know, the, the, the players uh, and the manager now need desperately mm. need some Absolutely. Sort of, and, 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 you know, if you, even if Rafa, Rafa will be talking to players now, mm. um, and the, the first thing you would ask if you were a player is, well, you're going to be the manager, but who's going to be the owner and who else are you going to bring in and what can you pay me? And Rafa won't have the answers for those questions. And nope. he'll, he'll be relying on you know, his contacts and his, his relationship with his players. To sort of say. But sooner or later, the way January works, is that there'll, there'll be other clubs with offers on the table, concrete offers, so they know who the manager is, they know who the owner is, and mm-hmm. that happens, Newcastle will miss out on players. And, and also, Steve, the, the, this reluctance that Ashley seems to have to pay agents fees, which I know they wrangle with me, the amount of money that disappears out of the game into non-football hands is flaming ridiculous and part of the problem. Um, but well, sadly, everybody else is paying them. Well, you only have to look at the figures banded about with Alexis Sanchez. I mean, Manchester United yeah. said that to me this morning. I don't like this. It doesn't sit comfortable if we're paying four or five million pounds to Alexis Sanchez's agent that's going to help us get the player. And I said, I completely agree with you. It makes me yeah. feel sick. But at the end of the day, if you get Alexis Sanchez instead of Manchester City and he can play in the Champions League and he's different to that, winning a trophy or finishing the top four or getting £30 million or whatever, building for it, then if you don't pay it, someone else is going to pay that agent. Yeah. And that, it doesn't Absolutely. make it right, but that, that's, the, that's the world in which they're operating in now. Well, that's something FIFA's got to start to address, and UEFA have got to start of course to address. Are, yeah. and, 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 and that's that's a bigger question for a bigger picture. The here and now is somebody's daft enough or desperate enough to pay it. You know, we we got issues here in the in the Gulf League um, with three or four Brazilian players, where people are trying to work out where the money's actually gone, <laughs> because the, the 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 Brazilian club never received it. The players barely received any, and his old wages by the the UAE club that, that owns him. And there's one Brazilian player suing Al Jazeera for back wages that they haven't paid him, that Jazeera swear have have been paid via the agent or the agent's agent. And, and so it, 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 it's, a, it's a mess and it's horrible and it needs fixing. But right now, you, you can be claimed to be noble enough to not want to pay these things, but there's somebody desperate enough to pay it. And sadly, that's, that's the price on the ticket in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. Hey. Well, this is yeah. a jolly conversation, isn't it? <laughs> uh. Now, Steve's got to dash off in a minute, but uh, the thing is, uh, Steve, when it comes to when it when it comes to everything that's happening, I think the one thing that's striking at Newcastle. Um, I'll, this is my last question before you, you have to go. But um, Newcastle's wage bills around eighty to ninety million. Now that must, you know, Mike actually might be thinking, well, how it? You know, if it's if it's if, if, I've got, if, I'm, if I've got that amount of money uh, coming out of the club, somewhere along the line, he's thinking, well, why should I bring a new players if I've got such a big balance? Oh, listen, you can see it from my point of view. I don't, it, you know, the, the, the sooner that 
you know, he hands over the club to a suitable party, the better for, for everybody. But, you know, he's made no secret of the fact that that's what he wants. I'm certain that it's what Rafa wants. It's what the fans want. Um, like Neil rightly says, just in that horrible stage at the moment where, you know, the window's open, um, time's ticking, and, um, you know, something, you know, they're looking for some closure, they're looking for some sort of deal that, um, you know, if they can't push it through in January, they pay it back. But, yeah, you're right. If you were Mike Asti, 100%, you know, the money that he feels he's put in and hasn't got back, then he's not going to put any more in. So the best thing for every single party is closure as quickly as possible. But everybody's known that, and we've, there isn't any sign at the moment of, of any closure and therefore any funds for Rafa. Mm. Yeah, especially with the second bid that allegedly went in by a, a northeast um, journalist, and it's funny though, isn't it, Steve? It, it, somebody says the bids go in. One, who is it? Uh, they're in the Dubai area. We would have heard information from who yeah. it is. And yeah, the way things are over here, yeah, I would have been told directly, because yeah. everybody seems to be beating a path to my door at the minute. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm telling you now, there has been no second bid from this part of the world. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to me. Because anybody involved in the PCP capital back end of Amanda Stavely's bid is effectively bidding against themselves. Yeah, so that, it's, it's, not it's nonsense, mate. Time, the o- only place a rival bid could come from, given the political situation in the Gulf at the moment, would be Qatar. And that's just to do it, just to pay somebody off. <laughs> and they would do it, mind. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how petty it gets. Um, but it's not going to happen. There you go. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on, Steve. I do appreciate it as ever. And uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you for some other time. But thanks so much for tonight. No problem, Jen. Take care. Thanks, thanks Steve. Steve. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Cheers, well, that brings a great, uh, the great chat there with uh, Steve Bauer. Uh, and we're going to bring in our. Uh, next guest, uh, my actual local MP, Ian Mearns. Good evening, Ian. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks very much, Andrew. How are you? Are you okay, Ed? Aye, not too bad, not too bad. Um, uh, th- um, since I actually last saw you, things have got a bit better. So, um, ah, good. Th- I pre- obviously, I appreciate your, your time that, that you, you did when, you, when we, we had our chat. And uh, Fortunately, we can actually talk about well something that might happen, could happen, or maybe won't happen. In the form of Newcastle United, uh, I'm, I'm sure that um, you're uh, waiting eagerly to have tea with Amanda if the takeover goes well with with Chion Rora, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me, what's been your uh, thing? What's been how how do you feel about all that's going on? Because as Neil pointed out, uh, obviously Neil Mitchell, my my co-star from uh, Dubai. Uh, says there is no second bid uh, that went in uh, a couple of weeks ago, even though one of the Northeast journalists put it up there. It's just adding to the angst um, as we all feel as Newcastle United fans. Well, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that we're talking about this on, on the day that um, the, the, the construction and services company Carillion yeah. has gone belly up, you know. And and I think it's something that uh, you would think that might make actually you know being a, you know a, a captain of industry if you like would would understand that the value of your assets can go down as well as up particularly based on how you manage them and you know I I just don't understand where he sees his valuation of the club 
it seems to me that his valuation of the club is based on what he feels he's invested in the club, uh, you know, buying the club and having to pay for the for the um, the, the Millburn stand redevelopment, you know, because the, the, what happened there, well, if, if you remember, Andrew, was that mm-hmm. the day after he took ownership, that the mortgage on the on the redevelopment became immediately liable, so he, he, was, he was liable for that as well. So having invested all of that in the club, he now wants all that money back. But let's not forget that over the 10 years that he's been at the club, the club's been relegated twice. They're mm-hmm. currently in the doldrums in the Premier League and with their playing staff, which has got not much of a paper value by comparison to some of the other teams in, in, in the Premier League. So, you know, you know, when, when you're in this business of running running business, the value of your asset can go down as well as up. And I think he needs to realise that and be much more realistic about his asking price. You, you, you know, Ian, you make two very, very salient points there. One, the, 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 the mortgage on the Millburn stand that he basically missed in the due diligence, didn't do the full well, he, due but diligence. He, didn't do, he couldn't have done due like, diligence. It was there. It was like, a, like, a, like a, a boil on the end of your nose, that was. You know? Absolutely, mate. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, he, and, he, and, th- and this is the thing. You compare to what um, PCP Capital have done. They've asked for 20-odd years' worth of accounts. Yeah. And I know fine well why they've done what they've done. Bearing in mind, that group were involved in the Man City takeover... Yes. And were involved in an attempt to buy half of Liverpool. So they uh-huh. will know, they will know where both Man City and Liverpool were at those times. Yes. They will now be able to see where we were at those times. And yeah. I'm telling you now, both of those times, we were their peers. Oh, aye. There's absolutely. absolutely no doubt about that financially. And on aye. the pitch, we were their peers. And, and then and you can see where the divergence has gone. And that's why they've wanted all those years of of accounts, everybody's going, what, they're asking for that many years ago? Well, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're doing their diligence. That's right, what they're exactly. doing. And, 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 you know, you know and it, it, before Christmas, I, I, I certainly remember the statement from Mike Ashley saying, oh, look, you know, fans are being unrealistic, you know, um, we're never going to compete with the likes of Man City. Look, we would like to we would like to be able to compete with the likes of Leicester City, never mind right. Man City, for the, for the so minute, you know. Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Leicester, Southampton, Everton, you know, as a starting point, you know, be, because, you know, I, the, the one thing you can say about Newcastle is we, I, I think we are unique in the entirety of the world of football, you know, getting average gates of over 50,000 and not having won a domestic trophy in over 60 years. I mean, you know, there's no way in the world like that. And that's the one asset that he knows that. He's got that. He's got that fan base. But I tell you what, you know, I go to all the matches. I talk to all all all, all my mates and and you know their extended family of friends that we've got, um, and people are getting really sick of yeah. his inactivity with the club. You know, it's it's you know, there's in 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 the running of business, you know, in, in capitalism, the way it works, that there's meant to be the, the hidden hand of the market, you know. But he's got a dead hand on our club. I'm afraid. And that's having a real detrimental impact on, on our club. And, you know, why is that only one bidder in the market? Well, because it's not a brilliant asset the way it's been run at the moment. Mm. No, I mean, right. if it was a brilliant asset, you know, there would be multiple bidders looking at it as, as a potential, as a potential takeover, takeover uh, asset. But the trouble is, you know, it isn't such a great asset. 
because of, of the fact that he's run it uh, the way that he's run it for 10 years. And as I said before, you know, in, in terms of the assets that the club has, well, I'm, say, I'm afraid to say, you know, how many of our current first team squad would get a regular starting place in other premiership teams? And I'm afraid to say the sad fact is not an awful lot of them. No. No, you're quite right. And then there's the other ceiling point, two relegations in his... In his ten years. Ten year. Yeah. In, in, in yeah. something like five in my history. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Remember when he came out and said he's stable, okay, I want to sell Newcastle. I'm prepared to sell it in um you know, in bits. He, he said, Oh, uh, I'll take a payment here, I'll take a payment here. It, it sounded like he sounded like it he sounded like Del Boy trying to get little bits and pieces but still somehow be involved with Newcastle. Why? Well, well, I'm I'm really not sure, but but you see, the the, the thing is, I mean, I, I I I literally don't want to be too disparaging towards yeah. the bloke. I've met him on a couple of occasions, only yeah. for like two minutes on each occasion, right? Now, so I don't want to be disparaging to him personally, but he's got all the hallmarks of somebody who's got a toy for Christmas, and then has got sick of playing with it. And then, you know, just, and it's like discarded now, you know, but, but, but the trouble is with this discarded toy that he got for Christmas, he wants Ali's money back for it, you know, <laughs> and it's just, that's not the way the world works. I think he, 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 he the whole, the whole point of when, when he turned around to us, everybody, he kind of said it to everybody, didn't he? He, came, he said, listen, I want to try and sell this by Christmas. So I was sitting here thinking, well... <sighs> For a guy who's a genius, it takes far, far longer to get to sell a club. You can't just, you can essentially sell a club within, God, half an hour if you if you wanted to, if you wanted to sell it, to send it via, send it via uh, the bank, the banking system. But it's it's a it's a turn it's a it's a due diligence and they're saying it's two hundred fifty million. That's what it's worth. Right. You can't expect. You can't expect a backhanded tip and go there you go, mate. There's, there's an extra fifty million. But mm-hmm. Amanda Staley's got to realise at some point because she holds all the the cards currently. Uh-huh. But the longer it goes on, well, she's the, the fact like the only thing I can think of is that she's going to wait until we hopefully get safe. And well, that's, a, but, that's a, uh, another tricky situation again. Yeah, but but I mean the, the the thing is like I mean you know if she if Amanda Stavely waits on behalf of the consortium that she, that she's representing, um, will make Ashley invest in the transfer window, and if he doesn't invest in the transfer window, where are we going to end up at the end of the season? I mean you know the game on Saturday highlighted. I think, you know, in graphic detail that we are desperate for a reasonable premiership striker. You know, uh, you know, someone who can actually stick the ball in the net when they get a half chance uh, because that was just so apparent on Saturday that we were just lacking that cutting edge. I mean, the first half of the game on Saturday, we could have been three or four nil up, but we didn't have that cutting edge. And you know, uh, you know, some of these, some of the lads who are playing for us, doing very, very well for us in the championship. But 
I'm afraid to say we're not in the championship now and you don't get those extra half seconds that you need to no. control the ball or you know just sort of have you have you get your wits about you you just haven't got that time and you know so you know if we're not going to get that, that money invested in the transfer window I'm terribly sorry to say this you know I've, I'm always personally an optimist but I'm not massively optimistic about our chances um, of actually avoiding uh, relegation because we're just not getting the ball in the net often enough and we've got some hard games coming up mm. yeah. Yeah. well yeah I mean it's it, it, you would go back to Rafa's message about what you get for 5 million terms of striker Aye, absolutely and, and, and yeah. that's still we are where we are because we did what we did is still the mantra yeah. isn't it and yeah exactly and, yeah and the kind of as we were talking to steve before you know when you see what players are going for at the moment yeah um to get a striker who's going to make the difference to that side is yeah. going to cost a significant amount of money well, well that's, that's genuinely going to have to pull something magic out of the bargain book it, you know, and, and, and that just re- doesn't happen anymore. You're not going to pl- pluck an Ian right off of bloody Hackney Marshes. You're not going to find no. Les Ferdinand kicking around some non-league team to suddenly catapult you. It just That isn't just going to happen. That's pie in the sky. You don't yeah. find these players like that anymore. And so you've got to pay for them. You've got to pay a lot of money for them. Well, I, I, absolutely. And, and, and I'm afraid to say on the other, other side of the equation, you know, if we've got the sell to buy, what we've got to sell isn't worth that much, you know, and unless you start talking about selling Aye. players that we would desperately need in order to secure um, the team's place in, 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 in the league, you know, you, you know, you'd be talking about selling, you know, the likes of probably um, uh, Lascelles or uh, Marino or, you know, pr- probably Shelby, you know, players of that ilk you know, who probably can cut the mustard. But, you know, even then, you know, they're not worth a fortune, these players, you know. They're not I worth a fortune by Rafa comparison did. to what you need to sell, you know. I think the issue is, I, I think Rafa did, I think he said in his press conference, didn't he, before the, the game on Saturday, that they don't need to, to sell to buy. I no. I heard him say that. But, but um, the fact that we are being linked with players, it, 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 you can imagine... Rafa's doing his due diligence, he's going around, he's, he's doing all his connections, he's doing all this. But if you can't turn around and, and you don't know how much you can spend, it, 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 does, it seems to come across that because of the wage bill, he is basically just pulled the drawbridge up. But he always... Well, well I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, I just can't imagine how um, Rafa Benitez and the, and the club's staff who are going out to try and buy players can actually open open up a conversation with another club about a player. You know, you know I would be interested in player X. Um, how much are you willing to pay? Oh, I don't know. You know, that's, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know. Well, I, I mean, you, I mean, wouldn't even entertain you. I mean, I mean, after a conversation of that nature, they probably wouldn't even take your telephone call a second time. Right. No, you're right. It's like guess who, isn't it? You know. Is the player wear is the player wearing a hat or glasses? And what's going <laughs> for? You know, it is just ridiculous. Aye. Uh, I mean, it's 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 almost like the transfer market for Newcastle. Like you claim a game of Cluedo, 
you know, you know, you're gonna end up with Colonel Mustard in in the, in the library. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, like you know, with the spanner, I'm not, I'm not sure, but but surely the way that with which Ashley's running the club, I'm afraid to say at the moment, you know, he's definitely got a spanner in what works like. There's no doubt about that. But uh, there we go. When we had the when we had the second one, well, the alleged second bit coming in, and it's not even true, is it? it I think that as journalists, because obviously with um, the Make America Great uh, spokesman they have over there, um, when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know putting stuff out there about news that is fake, I, I am surprised that one of our own would do that. Would would put something out there, Ian, and it's even and Niels has said it. it it's it's a it's it's not even a, it's not even a real story uh, to put it out there because. Essentially, we're just we'll, we'll take anybody at the minute. So we no, but, but the th- but the thing is, Andrew, you know, I mean, journalists get stories in in in, in many ways, and and if somebody closely connected with with the club or Mr. Ashley's kind of just sort of half suggested that there was another bid, you know, being expected, well, you know, th- that in itself becomes a scoop if it's true. But of course, if it isn't true, you look like you've got egg on your face. But I mean, I, I just don't see where a second bid was actually coming from. And I think that's actually made up by somebody within the club or its extended family in, in order to try and put pressure on the real consortium that's trying to buy the club at the, at the moment. That's, it, it's just a tactic, that, but the trouble, it, trouble is, you know, when you're using journalists, so what normally, you know, quite often decent and, and, and honest from that perspective, you know, you know, genuinely trying to report stuff that they've been told, you know, it makes them look look foolish. But that's 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 just people playing the game at a big level. And I'm afraid to say the the journalists concerned become collateral damage in those sort of games. You know. Yeah, I think the fact that he there was no follow up with the story because normally he comes back with stuff. And I mean, especially with McLaren, he, he came back quite quickly and with lots of information before we found out that McLaren had been sacked. So. Aye. Um, with, with that situation, you're thinking, okay, if there's something there, we'll hear about it. But as Neil said, if they if if they kind of all work together in Dubai to put another bid in, that means they're fight, they're you know they're they're putting the price up. I think um, just even though in the game of chess we're in, the one thing I noticed when when they came when they had this curry evening uh, down near London, um, I I watched the the pictures you saw when when he came out of that meeting. Uh, Amanda looked very happy, didn't she? She comes across as a nice lady, and I've heard, I've seen a few interviews with her, and she's very chirpy. But when he came out, his his expression didn't look like a man who was happy <laughs> with what was, you know, what was coming out of her mouth. So um, he, to me, that was that was the game changer. I thought, well, okay, they've met the the business people, and you know, it, it should we we should be in the final stages. Uh, of of haggling essentially, and the fact that they're still talking is good. But I I haven't heard. I heard that they didn't. Um, there's been no contact since that evening. Aye. Um, so that might have changed. I don't know. I've um, I've just I've, you know I haven't really been making any calls like I have been normally used to do. But um, it's it's very very disjointed the whole thing. You can Mandy stay and wait until the asset. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, just just ask yourself why, you know, after that meeting, you know, she looked as happy and mm-hmm. he looked, you know, 
and as unhappy. Well, first and foremost, she was no worse off. She hadn't lost anything by going to that meeting with him. And his, from his perspective, he wasn't any better off. You know, he might not, he might not be any, 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 any worse off either. But, you know, the trouble is, he's trying to get rid of something, which is Newcastle United, but he's not willing, because of his stubbornness, to budge from his own valuation, which is based on what, you know, what he thinks he spent on the club during his tenure. I mean, but even then, I, I'm, I'm not even convinced about that. I, you know, um, I, you know, I, th- I think he's added a bit on for, uh, you know, for, for, from, from, from his perspective. But, but I mean, she's no worse off. So why wouldn't she be happy? You know, she's you know, all she's trying to do is just to, to re- relieve him of, of his particular asset, but at a, at a price that she thinks fair. But if, but if he's not willing to sell at a price that she thinks fair, well, she's no worse off, is she? She can go somewhere else. Yeah, I think the one thing I'll take from Amanda Staveley is that when, when they, she talked about her pool, about when they tried to you know, look to buy a stake in it, uh, they were very unhappy with how long it took to get where they needed to get to. I think it took Aye. a year and a half. I think with Newcastle, it's only, been, it's only been a few months. feels like a year, doesn't it? But it's only been a few months. But, uh, you know, it, t- time is we're in a very, very uh, a crucial time period. But the fact is, even if she buys it, all the clubs immediately was they're going to hike the prices up anyway in yeah. January. So yeah. really, the fact that he won't that, that they can't come to agreement is. I think somebody said to me earlier, well, you, you you can't really give. How can you have an agreement that you'll he'll pay the money for players now, and she'll pay afterwards? Well, that's beside the point. Just buy the club. You can do whatever you want to do after that. Just buy the yeah. She's getting it for nothing. For, even though I know that the second point is 250 million, 300 million, this is what I hear anyway. But yeah, that's not me, nothing, buy, Andrew. What's that? That's not nothing. No, no, it's not nothing, but. It's, I'm, I'm, it's I mean, not. You're not yeah, paying not, that money. You're no. not paying that money. You've never been involved in deal to, to pay that amount of money, and you bloody wish you had been. Guy. Aye. I mean, the, the, the one thing I would say is, is the world, the world, you know, or the world of football, the Premier League, isn't stand, stand standing still while all of this is happening. And you can bet your bottom dollar that the, uh, some of the other clubs, not all of them, because some of them can't do it, but some of the other clubs who are in the the, the basement area of, of the Premier League yeah. will be acquiring mm-hmm. players before the end of the transfer window. And the, and the trouble is, from our perspective, if we don't. That means that our chances of, um, you know, getting above them will will be diminished. You know, obviously, depending on the vagaries of football itself, um, and, and 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 the and, and the sort of the wiseness of their acquisitions. But you know, I, I think that you know those teams who are like hovering above the, um, the the relegation zone or just in the relegation zone, a few of them will be looking to to to, to, to gain acquisitions. Um, as I say, some of them won't be able to. You know, they probably haven't got the money and they haven't got the assets in, in order to do so. But you know, uh, enough of them might to make it problematical for us. And and you know, I I I, I, I really I am really quite concerned that here we are on the 15th of January with a fortnight to go at the end of the transfer window, and are we any near near assigning anybody at all? And as I said before. Um, the the Rafa conversation with another club. Uh, well, how would you start that? You know, not even knowing what your transfer budget is. 
I think it's a, I think every week now, isn't it, that at every press conference they are asking him. And good yeah, good on my good on um rock beaters when they ask him, you know, have you been given a figure? No. And they it's gonna be they're gonna keep on asking. And Do you know what, Andrew? I think his answer would be no even if he had. Because yeah. why why are we the only club that seems to be being made to declare transfer budget? Yeah. Why, <laughs> why should we let everybody else know what we've got right. to spend? Because right. all that's going to do is bump the prices up. If he was if he was to suddenly turn around and say, yes, I've been given £100 million to spend, but spend that on one player. Because if exactly. you're going, you've got £100 million, I want all of it, thanks. Yeah. Right. You know, it 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 yeah, true, true, it does true, yeah. seem a bit of a nonsense. And if I was him, I'd just say no every bloody time. And even <laughs> if I knew signings were happening the next day, I'd be and, I'd still be saying no. And Rafa's canny like that. You got to remember, yeah. he he knows how to play the media game. Whereas many others involved in this whole shenanigans don't seem to know how to do it so well. And some yeah. do know how to do it very well. However, they've done the same thing on multiple occasions, and it's just all reeking of something brown and smelly. And right. so it, it, it's, a, it's a. This is the frustration at the minute, because really, genuinely, where are we at? Yeah. And and, and it's yeah. and it's just gone. It, I wouldn't even say it's gone flat. It's it's gone worse than flat. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I think I think additionally, though, you know, I mean, the, the other part of an equation when buying a player is actually speaking to a player and their agent, you know, themselves. And, you know, apart from potentially money, which we don't seem to have a lot of, you know, disposable in terms of, you know, players' wages, what else are they going to do to entice a player to the club or with what great fans? Well, you know, how could great fans with some of the greatest fans in the world? But, you know, is that enough these days to entice the decent level players to come and play the club to struggle? You know, that's, that, 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 it's not enticing, is it, you know? Steve made the point earlier, you know, you, you go to some player and you can't even tell the player and the agent, will you still be here next season? Who's <laughs> going to be the owner next season? I, who's going right. to come into that? Who in their right mind is going to come into that? The only players we'll get coming into that will be the mercenaries. Mercenaries, aye. Quick, quick, even the ones that will be liquid, it's, it's Danny Ings, which, it's, it's, it's just Danny Ings uh, uh. storage, and storage... Allegedly, they're asking for thirty million. <laughs> so uh, I can imagine out of them two, would Jurgen Klopp let out of the two of them, who would he let go? I think it would be Danny Ings. I don't think he'd let uh, Sturridge go because Sturridge, you know, he's, st- he's still a good, a good striker. And but you know, is he worth thirty million in this market? Yes, he is. But like, Aye. is anybody going to pay thirty million? No. They won't yeah. because they know in the summer he might be available for yeah. 22, 25. Because you look at that player that uh, Everton have got, he cost 27. And, uh, and he was, I think, the leading scorer over there in, in Turkey, I think. But, uh, but, yeah, but he, he, was on our, he was on our list, wasn't he? According yeah. to all the press reports, you know, the, the, the tossing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah even, the, even today at West Brom. By the man, nature. Aye. Even today, uh, West Brom have been linked with uh, Scott um, Keeney, who was that again another player on our watch. So as you said before, Ian, all the other teams are are bringing their money out, and even Lambert at Stoke, they'll give him money. So yeah. a lot of these teams are going to be spending 
I would say conservatively, conservatively, probably less than 50. But the yeah. the players they, they need, Newcastle, we've got Man City next. We've got a lot of teams coming up that, you know, where every game's. I think people were expecting us to win on Saturday, and then okay, there's only we've only got to win five more games. Well, <laughs> you know, with, with, with the strikers we've got, you know, and the the the, the fact that you know we're, we we we've come on the back of two away two away wins, which is great for us. Um, the the home the home like we've seen in relegates before, the home form and the lack of goals will ultimately do it for Newcastle United. We need help. We need her now. But again, it's definitely it's awful, really. Aye. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, it's a it's it's a, a very interesting time that we're that, that we're living in. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, when has there not been an interesting time to be a Newcastle supporter? Uh, you know, but you know it's becoming wearing. I mean, I'm afraid to say, Andrew, it's 52 years since I saw my first game at Newcastle. 52 years. I was eight years old. You know, and it's 52 years, and it was like 1965. And you know, I've been gone ever since. And, and I'm, I'm afraid to say that, you know, I, I can't remember a time as a Newcastle fan where I've kind of felt so deeply at unease. You know, there was always a way out. But I mean, now. You know, having a big ground and having a lot of fans is much, much less important because of the importance now, uh, com- by comparison of the television money. You know, the, the, the differentials between us and the Bournemouth 20 years ago would have been vast because of our crowd pull and what we could bring through the gate. But now that's much, much less important because Bournemouth, if they finish five places above us, it's almost like they'll get almost as much from the television money and the prize money yeah. that, that we bring through the gate more than them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so you know we're not we're not in that ball game um, anymore, unfortunately. Um, okay. And and you know I think I think also by comparison, I, I do go around the country watching Newcastle, and you know the Newcastle fans who are on the ten-year deal aren't paying. I'm sad to say it, it, it doesn't feel like you're paying an awful lot per game. By comparison to what people are paying in other grounds around the country, you know, so it's mm. uh, uh, you know it's it it it, it, it it's we're, we're not the asset we should be. We're not realising we're asset, you know, in, in terms in terms of the football club, and it's because I I think Ashley is just playing a dead hand game, dead hand yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So thanks for coming on, Ian. Ian, I know you've got to Thank go you, Ian. off for your next meeting and. Uh, but it's been a value having you on the show. Thanks for coming on, my neighbour. It's my, my pleasure, Andrew, and, and I'm, I'm glad I've cheered everybody up on here. Thanks a lot, Ian. Catch you some other time. Take care, mate. Cheers, no. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I'm going to bring in my next guest after having Ian Burns on the show. In uh, Steve Hasty. Good evening, Steve. How are you? <laughs> Good evening, guys. I'm very well. I'm not, not to be, be too despondent. Uh, Ian actually did cheer us up there, uh, mainly because after talking to him on Saturday night after the match, uh, he was he, he was uh, he was so low. Uh, I think he he, he he dragged us all onto the floor, you know. But uh, it, it, a few more pints and we're fine after that. But uh, no, it's good to listen to Ian. I, I, I like Ian uh, when he talks about Newcastle United because, uh, as he said, he's been going for so many years, nearly as many years as I have. In fact, just over the number of years that I have. Uh, 65, he said, was his first game. 67 was mine. Um, but I, I, I think it's great that uh, you know Ian can come on and, and talk with uh, 
with so much sort of, you know, um, buzz about him in terms of, you know, what what Newcastle United means to him. Um, he's, he's just like the rest of us, you know. And we're all waiting with bated breath for a, for a change. And uh, I think one of the key words that, that Ian used there was, we're not realising our asset. Newcastle United isn't realising its asset. And probably that's why the likes of Amanda Stavely and the PCP uh, consortium who are coming in to buy Newcastle United is as valued it as it is. And that's why we're sitting as we are, because Mike Ashley thinks that the asset is worth an awful lot more um, than, than the city and the financiers and the people who uh, want to take the club forward think it is, you know. So that's why we're in a pickle, I believe, at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a pickle, isn't it? I think uh, the pickle was further dipped its uh, winkle uh, with uh, obviously with the news that it was a second bid, and I think we can all agree that there's no, <laughs> there's no second bid, and uh, especially I, 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 you can kind of understand why he wrote it. I, I must admit, because he's been on the show, he's, he's always seemed like a stand-up person. So, but the second bid. I immediately, I must say, when I when I read it, because I was in, I think I was in Germany at the time, but um, when I saw it, I immediately thought, well, Neil's going to do uh, an article in the Chronicle the next day, uh, saying, yes, I've heard it could be this, that, and the other. When nothing actually came up, I was like, oh, so where's where's the follow-up? It obviously mm. didn't happen, and uh, Newcastle being like the rudderless um, ship that we currently are. But the only, obviously, the only, the, the only good thing that we've got Rafa, he's still there try, trying to get players in. Well, we've got there's two good things. One is we've got Rafa still there, and the second thing is we've still got PCP at the at the table with their with their bid, and uh, you know they're not going away. They've they've, they've laid their they've laid their money on the line. They've they've put their bid in. They've 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 kept the lines of communication open with Mike Ashley um, and his team. And uh, that's carried on since the, the, the last time they sat round the tail and had an Indians. And perhaps there's another Indian meal book this week. Who knows? <laughs> oh, we might get somewhere. We might find out. But uh, he, he's right. He's playing, a, he's playing a dangerous game. He's, uh, he, he's, he's wandered off into the sunset, had his holidays. He's come back refreshed and he's probably thinking, yeah, well, they'll, they'll be desperate by the time I come back and they'll want the club. When in effect it's the other way around, uh, I think the table's been turned, and I think if anybody's going to be desperate, it's going to be him. Um, we all we all know what needs to happen. You know that the, that he needs to just sell up and leave for the benefit of himself, for the benefit of the football club, for the benefit of the supporters, um, and for the future of Newcastle United. And the quicker he does it, the better. I think the fact that that article came out, do, do you sense that um, he is? Uh, losing a bit of, of patience, not, probably not the right word, but um, do, do you think he is growing grow desperate because obviously Demonhams has been the the, the link, has it? Because I think their, share, their shares went down, and uh, obviously you hear you know, stories that he's looking to invest three hundred million into that particular branch. Um, uh, it doesn't it didn't come across that Amanda's, you know, like. Uh, you know, worried about anything. It's just, I think she sounds like she's just standing, waiting. Well, it's like, buy, it's like buying a house, isn't it? You, you, you put your offer in. Um, the, 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 the client says, I'm not interested or uh, I'm not accepting your offer. 
and uh, you weigh up your odds and you go, right, well, the offer will remain there. And, as, and the longer it goes on, uh, without anyone coming in to buy it, the onus is on the, is on the person who's selling to then say, well, you know, how desperate am I? How quick do I want rid of this house? Do I want rid of it? Uh, if I don't want to live there anymore and, and I don't want it being a burden around my neck, then uh, at some point in time, I've got to get back around the table. I've got to, I've got to make contact with, the, with that bidder and I've got to see whether we can come to some sort of agreement. And we can, uh, at the moment, uh, he hasn't done that. They're still sitting there going, well, what does he want? What's he, what's he waiting for? Uh, the, the bid's on the table. The estate agent's probably sitting there, you know, <laughs> desperate, wondering what's happening because they're looking for their commission when you're buying a house and selling the house. Um, and, and I think the situation's exactly the same at Newcastle United. The question is, why does he want to sell Newcastle United? He's, sell, he's selling it because he's obviously, for two reasons. One, he's got something else that he wants to use the money for. And B... Uh, the second one being that he hasn't got any other money that uh, that he's, his ambition um, is holding out for, for whatever it is he was wanting to spend the cash he's going to get Newcastle on, whether that is uh, a business deal with Debenhams, whether it's something to do with uh, property deals that he's involved in, whether it's something to do with shares in Sports Direct. We've seen all of those written all over the internet and, uh, and, and on Twitter over the last few weeks. Sorry? And more besides, you know. Absolutely. You've got, uh, uh, what's its name, Margaret in London? There's, there's questions over why yeah, was Brixton he in Miami. Market, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, yeah. yeah, Brixton Market. What was he doing in Miami, and why was he in Miami for so long? Uh, there's been a couple of very interesting rumours this side of, uh, of the world about that. Yeah. Um, so, just so the audience can uh, you said he went to Miami? Yes. And it wasn't all of it. He said the company, I didn't catch the... Well, you know, just, just there was a couple of rumours about why he was in Miami, and, and <coughs> which I'll not bother you with because I'm not convinced either way, shape, or form. But he certainly wasn't purely on holiday in Miami. That's for sure. But if he and was, so, he picked the worst time, of, worst time of the year for holiday in Miami. Holiday, yeah. The weather was absolutely shocking. <laughs> so he took you know, the snow the, with him. <laughs> the, we're still in. We've said this before, Steve. Tonight, we just nobody knows. What do you no. want, Mister Ashley? What do you want to get out? You said you want to get out. You want to hand it on to somebody with the ability to run it properly and put some money in it. Well, why aren't you? Why? Why isn't? Why is the door still hitting you on the arse? You should be yeah. gone. I, th- I think the interesting was was John Anderson on on uh, BBC Radio Newcastle last week had had said that you know why doesn't why doesn't PCP just uh, just make that. Make the bid of what it is, what the offer, what what he's what he's looking for. Just just go ahead and just just accept, you know, and pay pay the asking price. I think was the the quote that was used. Pay the asking price. Well, nobody knows what the asking price is, so I don't know how he can how he can pay the asking price. He's never come out and said, you know, we've seen stories of three fifty, we've seen stories of four fifty, we've seen all press rumours. Nobody knows because when he's when he's come to it, all he said is. You know, they've come and said we're interested in buying it, and they've they've come up with an offer, and he's decided, well, I want more. He's not he's not going to turn around and like, say I want like 100000000 million, two hundred million more. He's just saying I want more. He's and then and they've got to go away and and offer more, or well, eventually, will they take their offer away? I, I don't know. I don't know what the I, I, my the word I'm hearing is the won't. They'll still sit there with their with their offer of two fifty that they've placed. And it will sit there and sit there until such time as 
he takes the club off the market. It depends if they're still talking, Steve. Did you ever hear that they're still talking? Because yeah, well, I think, I think, I think in, terms of, in terms of still talking, he's back. But I think the conversation's carried on, you know, all the way through. Um, you know, I mean, there, there was a, I remember reading one article by a local press man who said that, uh, that, that, that Ashley was, was so desperate, you know, that he, that he, 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 he was going to have this signed, sealed and delivered by Christmas. And I think those were the words that were simply being repeated from the interview that he gave in the October um, on Sky TV. You know, this, this club is up for sale. I, I, I'm looking for it to get it cleared by Christmas. The caveat that he followed up was, if it doesn't get sold by Christmas, I will be giving Rafa well, money to spend. I will be strengthening the squad with him. I'll be giving him money to spend. Figures of 20 million were mentioned. Uh, around about that time but the problem we have with Newcastle United and with the, the manner in which Mike Ashley uh, runs the finances or the, releases the finances a £20 million release would probably end up getting a, a, a £6 million player because he rules whatever's left so the transfer fee might be 5 or £6 million, and he rules the, the price of the player's contract for the five years that he wants to give him uh, into it, so he lashes out all the money in the transfer market. He he, he lash out all the five million, uh, you know, um, and it'll be handed over, and then the rest of it has to sit there, and it's on the books. But as far as he's concerned, that money's then spent, and it's like a you know, it's a very it's totally different uh, business operation to the one that any other football club, because a football club. The manager would be told he's getting 20 million. That would be 20 million to actually physically spend on the transfer market, and it, and that would be could also be spread over. You know the fact that that you, you could buy half a dozen players, and you'd be and you'd be paying them. You know that those clubs, the 20 million might go, but there might be other money that gets spent next year, the year after, the year after that, depending on how long the, the deal's financed. But that's not the way he operates. He kind of ties his manager's hand, you know. It's, def- it's definitely, like, it was funny, wasn't it? We saw on Saturday that people were saying that um, his helicopter uh, was in Newcastle during the week. Yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> I remember uh, somebody said, uh, I can't remember what they but they said, oh, yeah, I think Newcastle Airport, for some reason, somebody came out and said uh, his, his helicopter was. Um, not in the area, and I've got a good authority it was, and then all of a sudden, Saturday, you see it flying in <laughs> to the ground. Do, do we even know if he was in it? Or did he, was no, he no, he wasn't at the match. That would have, have been Keith Bishop flying up from Keith London Bishop to watch the match. Yeah. Yeah, That's who that would have been, and you've got to remember, just because it's Ashley's helicopter doesn't mean Ashley has to be in it. I mean, he could have, it, it, it's, a, it's the helicopter he uses to, to go back and forth from his home to to his 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 offices, his sports direct offices in in Derbyshire. Yeah. I mean, I, on the, on, nobody mentioned on the same night there was, there was a, that article, and you go on to, you can go on to Flight Radar twenty four yeah. and watch it. Yeah. And I I actually went on because I have a soft oh, phone, and I went on, and, and his helicopter was was heading to London, and then it, it headed from London all the way up to Birmingham Airport. But you look and you go, where's it gone in London? So you like you you know like you zoom in. You know, and you use your you use your skills of being able to press plus 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 minus 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 to zoom that in. 
and it was it was just a field in the middle of nowhere outside London, and then I did a it did a left a right turn and and headed off to Birmingham, and then it just seemed to be hovering there forever. And I think, what the hell? This, this is like weird, you know. And then I suddenly thought, you're turning into some sort of crank, yeah, Steve. You're following <laughs> following a bloke up on an app. You're following a, a, a helicopter, a bloke helicopter, flying around in the hope that he's going to be flying up the Newcastle. I thought, oh, give this a miss. I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go and, I'll go and watch. I'll, I'll go and do some spotting up at the airport, you know. I'll, I'll just sit in that field at the bottom, of <laughs> my Dinnington, you know, <laughs> in a layby. It's funny, isn't it? Somebody last night on Twitter put down a picture of Amanda uh, Stavely, actually allegedly at St James's Park, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, she looks like she's going to a dinner party, and. <laughs> And I'm looking, I'm looking, you look at the steps, you're thinking, oh, well, it doesn't look that chilly. And then you, <laughs> people are going to extreme lengths to try and pull the wool when you, you cast out fans. It just seems to be, like, you're, you're the ground, it, it must, the frustration must be powerful. Yeah, and it's, it's a soap opera now. It's a soap opera, you know. Um, and, and and I think that the fans are getting sick of it, you know, that, you know, the, the conversation in the pub. You know, has has gone from talking about takeovers and you know that type of thing. That we, you know, we've, we're suddenly turned into experts back or back into experts on formations and who's the, who's who's playing well, who's not playing well. Um, well opinions on opinions on full. Sorry, I was surprised that uh, he didn't play Murphy. Well, yes, I think you're not the only one. There was lots of lots of fans uh, after the match. Uh, surprised that Murphy wasn't playing and that Richie was. I think there was a lot of people, you know, like all the things, when things aren't going well, and we've got to remember, we could have been three, four out up at, at half-time. The chances, the guilt-edged chances that we had to put away where, you know, both Perez and, to a greater extent, Gale, um, you know, just just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, uh, head as... It's interesting that one of my observations during the game was in the first half, we were putting over peaches of crosses that would have been perfect for Yoslu, who was sitting on the bench. And in the second half, when Yoslu came on, I don't think he, he was given any cross into the box whatsoever that he could get his head on. So you think, oh, what the hell, you know? So, you know, it's, I don't think Rafa's playing horses for courses or anything like that. He's, he does assess the opposition. He also assesses the, 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 the team... Um, overall, and then he looks at, at, at individuals, and uh, you know, on this occasion, we we settled for a one-all draw. I thought we were, I thought we were comfortable in the first half. Uh, I didn't think Swansea were anything uh, to, to shout home about. Um, surprisingly, you know, after going a goal down, I was, you know, I, like a lot of fans, I think we all put our heads down and thought, oh well, that's it. You know, we're going to have another one-nil win. This is just like we've had against a number of clubs this season, but. We gritted it. We pulled our socks off. We, we got a, we got a win. Uh, we got a, a goal uh, back, you know, relatively quickly. Um, uh, it's just, it's just so frustrating. They looked comfortable, didn't I? I thought they looked, they looked comfortable even when we went, went to one-one. And I'm, they, they look, they look the more, the more Premiership team than us. And uh, I, 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 I don't agree. I thought, that, I thought in the first half, I thought we played them, off, yeah. played them off the park. And I thought in the second half, the game just became very open and very expansive. And, you know, 
They, they had opportunities to score, yes, because we were pushing on and pushing on in the same way that, you know, in the last 15 minutes against Manchester City, uh, you know, we, we suddenly started taking the game to them um, and, and, we, and we could have salvaged something from that. This time we managed to not only, you know, we did salvage a point. Um, I thought that, you know, it's just disappointing that when you look at the two games, you go, you know what? We had to take the points off Swansea. You know, Swansea are in, in among the dead men with we at the bottom. Um, having said that, what are we? Four points from 10th, you know, three points from relegation. That's how tight things are. And this is this this season. It's going to chop and change, you know. And we're going to be we could be biting our nails with two games to go, or we could be sitting there with five games to go, saying there's nothing to worry about because the way the way that it's turning, everybody taking points out of each other, um, teams that have had poor spells now having good spells, which mean they're going to have a poor spell again. And I think we're what unbeaten in five ourselves, you know, just not picking up. Not not getting beat, not picking up the the home points that we need to. That's the frustrating part, and you can see the frustration on on Rafa's face as well at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah I can tell he's there's no which way to turn, is he? Uh, I'll well, bring in my next guest this evening, and that's Lee Johnson. Good evening, Lee. Oh, mate, all right. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah. So tell me uh, how we've obviously been talking about uh, the match, and we've been talking about Mike Ashley and the, the the match on Saturday and the results the last couple of weeks. So. Tell me, what was your feeling on the game? And uh, are you like uh, all of us, uh, uh, as uh, Steve said, that the frustration is uh, seeping into the, the, the whole of, of the support? And you can imagine, if we don't buy anybody, that the, the terraces are going to be giving their answer to Mike Ashley. Um, I, I mean, the players themselves are, are working as hard as they possibly can um, on Saturday. Missed too many chances, quite similar to a few other home, home games we've had lately. And I don't know if it's down to, yeah, it's probably down to a lack of quality. There's no doubt about it. If Newcastle had a, if Newcastle had more competent, maybe nines and tens, I think there's no doubt about it. Would finish, would finish mid-table. But um, the longer this drags on, <laughs> the worse I feel. Uh, just. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we're literally in a nightmare, just for as far as I'm We're at a massive crossroads. We either, we either sell and we move forward, or he doesn't and we become Sunderland. <laughs> that's a stark reality in my mind. I, I, I look down the road and I think that's what will happen if he doesn't sell. I think the stands will empty this time. I think Benitez will walk away. And he wouldn't blame him, to be honest. He's had the rug pulled under, under him now for two windows. Well, going into a third one now. <clears throat> Um, and like I said, Andrew, it only needs it only needs nine and ten, or even a nine, and I think we'd comfortably finish mid-table because we are playing all right. We're we're making chances, but we're missing them defensively. We've seen we've got that stability back. Uh, we're not conceding many goals, but unfortunately, we do lack quality. Um, you know, the first eleven that started on Saturday was uh, um, every single one played in the championship last season. Uh, so it's just it's annoying us it's proper annoying I feel quite I feel quite down as a fan at the moment when I'm trying not to be uh, because the lads are working incredibly hard but I think because you can see hard, I think that the big problem is Andrew you can see light you've been able to see light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. for about I don't know eight or nine weeks now but there's this get massive fat bastard stood in the stood in the middle stood in the way and you can't see the light and I just everyone's just desperate for him just to so leave, but 
his I words. Wish, I wish I could sense like a desperation from Mike Ashley, and it'd be nice to to, to feel that without you. We feel like no. he is getting desperate, but. I don't know, Andrew, I don't know, because when, when I was down at Stoke the other week and everyone was singing that song, we're going to have a party, we're going to have a party, when Ashley started in the club, I didn't even join in, because I thought, wait, he's, a, he's the kind of bloke who'll probably hear it and go, nah, I'm not going to sell, just to spite you. <laughs> just, that's what I feel I think, about him, I really do. Yeah. I think the one thing I'll, I'll stat, and probably Steve and Neil will know about this, but the one, the one stat that stuck out to me is that Richie has his runs farther than any other player in Newcastle's team but he, he obviously he's not uh, figuring that much offensively and I think if, he, if he's running faster than anybody else great stuff that you know is a fan you like to see that but it comes across that if he's running that much and we're losing out offensively with the with the, 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 the skills that he's had you'd think um, the they would uh, make a change and give him a, give him a, give, give him a rest. And, I, think, uh, I think, unfortunately, the running that Richie's doing, when you're saying he's running the most distance, yeah. most of it seems to be either back towards his own goal or across mm. the pitch. He, doesn't, he, he, he's, he seems to have lost the ability to get past his man and get a cross in. He also seems to have lost the ability to have a shot. Mm. And, and that's been symptomatic of the rest of our midfield. We, we, we get into positions and then nobody takes a dig. We, yes, we've seen it. We've seen a goal from the army recently at West Ham. We saw Shell pick up a goal against Luton when, quite honestly, that game should have been a rout after Shelby had scored that third goal. And, we, and, and we've seen Atu with one goal. But you need an awful lot more than that from your midfield. You know, we're not getting not getting goals whatsoever from a midfield. You, you see teams with overlapping fullbacks who pick up and score goals. We're not getting, yeah, Manquillo getting on the end of anything we're not getting Yedlin getting on the end of anything we're not getting them creating anything you know the lack of the lack of quality up front is is costing us the lack of goals is costing us and it, it's the players are putting an awful lot of endeavour into it and I think Rafa's right when he said you can't fault the endeavour but what we haven't got is that little bit of magic dust that magic dust that actually means premiership Player. That, that that's that's the bit that, that that's missing. And if we had premier player, premier quality, premiership quality, that's the, that's the magic dust that we're missing from our our lineup. Basically, Steve, players that cost money. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And players that cost money that unfortunately our owner doesn't understand about when it comes to football. We've always said he's been an absentee owner. He always has been, um, and he's now, for whatever reason, he's decided to shut up shop again. And we know that this is what he does. He shuts up shop. He, he, he disappears for months and months on end. He doesn't release the, the finances. He keeps a tight ship um, because it's kind of, he loses interest. And then all of a sudden, he'll, he'll, he'll announce, you know, if... if, if if we get to the end of the transfer, I wouldn't be surprised if we got an announcement in the middle of February that said, I've taken the club off the market and yeah, I'm prepared, really to, I'm prepared to give Rap a 70 or 80 million in the summer to help me build it, <laughs> providing we stay in the league. You know? And, you can, and that's, that's been the PR campaign that he'll start to run in the next few weeks. 
uh, just to temper things and just to give us that, oh, well, you know, because there's so many of us out there will sit there going, oh, but he's going to put money in in, the jan- in summer. Oh, Rapper's going to get 70, 80 million. Oh, hey, we'll make, me, we'll make me bidding for X. Hey, we'll make me bidding for Y. You know, I've, I've heard we're interested in, in Z. And, 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 and then it, the whole thing perpetuates again. And then all of a sudden, that 70 million comes from, you know, flogging the two or three quality players, probably the likes of Lascelles, because if he gets called up for the England World Cup and suddenly becomes a £70 million pound defender, because let's face it, if that's what they're talking about, uh, the likes of Alfie Mawson, when Swansea said the value of £50 million, then he'll be valuing Lascelles at £70 million, Yeah, And somebody will stupidly come along and pay it, and Arsenal or a Tottenham will come along and pay it, or a Man City, and... and then we've got, there's your 70 million. And actually what happens, Mr. Ashley, is here you've got rid of what, you know, what leader on the pitch, what captain, the man who keeps the goals down to one. Um, and you haven't actually put any money in yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think because, I think, what do you think, Neil? Because of the, the wins, the two away wins that came up, obviously, against Stoke and against West Ham, he definitely, he, he sounds like he's, He's, he's waiting and waiting and waiting because if he thinks, well, we're winning games, I don't really need to give him any money. Rafa won't say how much he's got anyway in any <coughs> press conference. So it's, it's definitely a, a business-type crazy scenario he's looking at. Uh, it, and it can only, it, it's obviously going to be at the detriment of the club. You know, yeah. you know what, Andrew? I don't think that he's even saying that. I don't think he's even looking at that. I think he's just decided I'm giving them nothing, regardless of what the results are. I'm giving them nothing. That's it. Go with what you've got. There's no new money coming in. There's nothing going to be given for transfer transfer dealings in this window. And um, I don't think it's got anything to do with the fact that he's gambling on the fact that we've picked up away wins at Stoke and West Ham. Uh, I, I don't think he even bothers looking at the results. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think he, I think he made his decision in September, October, um, and he's and he's just so so thick-skinned that he just stick to it. And I don't yeah. think he's the, I don't think he's the sort that would go, "Oh, look, we've had a we've had a bad run of results. I need to throw money in, or I've had a good run of results." I think he just turns around and goes, "Mr. Charnley, by the way, that's how much money the club's got." That's what you've got to spend. It's nout. You've got to generate your own funds. Uh, and by the way, the TV money, well, because you don't get it in instalments, you, you haven't got it, and there's no bank overdraft for you to run on and stuff like that, then Alec, he just walks away and says, hey, put your clock, because that's what he does in the shops. Yeah, that's the week. business model, you know. Yeah, yeah right. a bad week, especially with Peter Lee, with uh, Peter Beardley, uh, they have to take garden leave with alleged uh, bullying as the second case now. Uh, you know, the, the negativity just is, it's, it just seems to in, envelop the whole club, doesn't it? I'll ask Neil as well after this, the same question. Ah, yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> no good headlines. <laughs> There's no good headlines coming out of the club at the moment. I'm certainly not going to hang, uh, hang Peter Bibby out to dry at the minute because he's. Uh, you know, as innocent until proven guilty. It's a shame reading stuff like that because, to be honest with you, uh, when I used to do the, all the away games and any time I've actually seen him anywhere, 
he's always happy. The, the, the biggest thing Peter Beasley does, he always in the, he always interact with you. He'll put his thumbs up. He'll wave at people. He'll, he's always got time for people. So I don't know what went on there. Um, but in terms of this Mike Ashley regime, um, I don't really hold him and Bob Moncur in, in, in any great decency, to be honest with you, because I think they've uh, played up the Mr. Ashley regime. Um, it's just difficult at this moment in time because, I mean, as, as kind of Steve just said, uh, he thinks he's just decided that he's not going to back him. And the worst thing about things like that is, like, he came out and said when the takeover is announced, like, if I don't have find a buyer, I'll finance January. He said it. <laughs> he said it. But then again, he says a lot of things. And when he says something, he is bought, he's just a born liar. The guy yeah. is a born liar. He's our Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you still there? Cause, uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I was just when I think when you heard about Mr. Beardsley's situation, it was a bit of a, you know, they obviously we're, we're waiting for the final, mm. final act, I suppose. But um, when when you, when, you, when I, I thought about that one, I, obviously you were linked to the first one, and obviously other other things coming out that players have left to go to Everton because of. They did not mm. like his interaction, and uh, uh, that one's that one. But when you look at his record as as uh, under twenty three manager, it's not very good. It's not. Uh, it's funny. I think we won a game, didn't we, when when he wasn't uh, in charge? So yeah. no, uh, it was postponed. Uh, postponed was it? Um, so it, it's. I think we'll, we'll probably quite hear it quite quite soon, but. Um, I, I'm not even sure if the Premier League got involved. They did they? No. No. It's all internal, no. mate. It's all internal at the moment. But um, it's it's a sorry state of affairs to have something like that going on inside the club at the same time as well. What an yeah. absolute bloody mess. Uh, but it's it. You've got to remember this is this is a a rudderless ship. It's got no leader, and it rolls from the top down. And there's lots of people doing. Great things behind the scenes at Newcastle United, but they're hamstrung constantly by the actions of the man right at the very top. Yep. Actually, I didn't think Monday something could happen because normally something kicks off on a Monday. But uh, I bring in my caller from the United States and Chris Parry uh, to give us a unique take on Newcastle United and uh, what's going on with the owner. Good evening, Chris. How are you? Oh, good evening, guys. How Hi, you doing, Chris. Evening, Chris. Well, yeah. Tell me, Chris, what do you think of uh, what's been going on? A couple of a couple of wins uh, while I was away, and of course, and um, it was it seemed that the, the feel good factors on the way back. We win again. We win the FA Cup game, and then we get, of course looked like we're going to get Norwich. We're probably going to be Chelsea in the, in the next round, and and then obviously Peter Beardsley's situation hit on this week, last week, sorry. So, and we're still at a statement with the takeover. Uh, what's your take on it? I mean, the Swansea. I mean, the Swansea results just reinforce what we've been saying, you know, for the whole season, which is you, they just don't have enough uh, striking options of guys that uh, that can put the ball in the back of the net. I, I mean, I, I feel bad for Gale because Gale was so good, you know, for Newcastle last year. I mean, he was just right on the money. It seemed like every time he took a shot, it went in the back of the net. Richie, every time he took a free kick, you just expected the net to bulge. Richie has Richie one he can't put in a decent free kick to set anybody else up, 
and then he doesn't seem to be able to be able to, you know, <laughs> he, Richie's been a problem, I think, in the last month or so. There's no doubt the man's work rate is fantastic. But I just want – again, guys, there's almost nothing being offered from the midfield. There's no attacking presence being offered from the Marino midfield. Marino looks like a shadow of himself. I mean, and let's be honest, tell me if you guys did not think when Yosalu took that ball and he turned it around and, kit and, and shot it, I'm like, that's going to go wide. <laughs> but it hit the post, but it went in. You know, for once, the ball actually went in, and I went nuts in the living room, you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> to be honest, Jesus Louise. Uh, to be honest, but, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it would even get across the box and hit the post. I'll get into, I, thought it, I thought it was just yeah, going to hit the saying, first it's man. Just how, it's just how it's <laughs> The one thing you've got to say about Yostalu, I wish he just had a, a little bit better shooting boots because he seems to always be in the right spot. You know, and the thing is, now with Shelby, I can understand why Shelby was a little ticked because I thought he was doing a pretty good job of, of passing and moving and whatnot. Um, and you probably could have taken off Richie. Or you could have taken off Atu and put Murphy on, you know, as as much as Marino. I what the heck has happened to Marino, gentlemen? I, I mean, my God! Except for one back enough. heel, I don't remember him affecting the game at all once he came into the match. What do you think, Steve? Uh, in, in well, the, no, I, I mean, with, with I think about Marino, with Shelby, the problem I think the problem you got with Shelby is as the game as the game gets further on, you <coughs> see Shelby dropping further, further back. But all that means is that the passes become longer and longer. So it just suddenly turns into a sort of like, how far can I hit this ball to try and ping it onto the end of somebody's toe when the, the opposition know that that's going to happen and they just step back by another 15 or 20 yards and just pick, pick them off. Um, Marino, um, a, a shadow of himself. I mean, he's not been the same player since he came back from the back injury that he had. Where he exactly. was out for a few, not not being the same player, um, but nor have the players around him. And Marino is, you know, you've got to have the you've got to have the players who are going to make the runs and make the passes that he can thread those little little balls through to. And you know, again, by the time he came on on Saturday, uh, you know, both Gale and Perez were blown out their backsides, and the movement the movement was so limited uh, that basically. He was just tapping, tapping balls off the opposition's shins, trying to get forward with them, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, well, the one thing about Gale, at least, I mean, that's the one thing about um, having just having a good bench is that you can have guys run them. I just think probably Gale and Perez were probably freaking exhausted at that point because they'd run everywhere. You know, I mean, it, but unfortunately, you just don't have enough, you don't have any reinforcements. To come well, and actually, take, you know, to come out. But guys, you take, uh, yeah, you take away what you take away what Diami what Diami did. Yes, he did stick the chicken wing out and probably should have got a handball. I thought it was one of his best matches. I thought he was fantastic. And let's be honest, if he doesn't stick his chicken wing out, that's a goal. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you just have to take a tip. Thank God with Jesse Hill would be stuck, wouldn't it? But that's the problem. Is it? Was do you think Neil was? With uh, uh, Marino, it he is be, he is injured because if, he, if he's coming on, if he's coming he's, on, he's, he's not starting the game. The most, this is he's, problem, he's, he's managing him in terms of minutes on the pitch, Andrew, yeah. and th- and that would suggest back injury to me. You know, gotcha. Um, well, and of course, with Shelby, hey guys, with Shelby too is I mean, I love his passing ability, but 
he looked like he was minutes away from getting a yellow card. I mean, again, you know, I mean, he was getting mad. He was getting frustrated. I think that's why Benitez, you know, got him out because he's like, oh, here we go. He's probably going to get a red within any moment. I mean, Shelby has not shown that you can show confidence in him with regards well, to keeping his temperament, which is why, you know, this is going to be off. During the week, he's been linked with West Ham. And then Benitez played as cool as ever, saying, listen, uh, we're, we're not, we're not, we don't need to sell. We're not going to sell them. So you would think Shelby would go in that game thinking, "Oh, right, okay, uh, you know, I've got a choice to go to. I could have a choice to go to West Ham." He didn't. He, he said he's supposed to have said he didn't want to go to West Ham. So the reaction afterwards, like obviously you saw it. It was quite obvious. And I, and I, I missed the, the handshake. I don't know how I missed that, but. Um, like, should it should it rap? <laughs> yeah, he just kind of exactly. flapped. He just kind of, kind of flapped it away. Players, players do uh, that, you know what is? If if I'd been linked with West Ham, I'd be in the huff as well. To be perfectly honest, the thought <laughs> of having to go to play for David Moyes, although they did have a good win, did, a, a yeah. good win yesterday, didn't they? They, they won four one. But uh, no, I mean, Shelby for me, you're right. He, he's a liability sometimes on the pitch and the longer the game goes on when things aren't going his way especially against what was his old club where he was obviously desperately to, desperate to do well uh, but the, the, as I said earlier when you when you start to ping those long passes they're great if the long passes are going over the top of the defenders for your fast wingers to run onto and, and, your, and your overlapping fullbacks but those long passes are coming from so far back and the opposition by then are lined up on the edge of their, six, of their 18 yard box and they're just going, thanks very much, whap, nodding it away. Mawson must have done it about 15 or 20 times and so did the full backs. And you also got to remember those long balls and those, those high passes are coming in to Perez and, uh, and to, to, uh, to Gale. They're not coming in from an angle that's going to give someone who can head the ball like Yosselu the opportunity to actually plant something on the end of his head and 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 make the goalkeeper work for his for his living. None of that happened. It's just it's just Hollywood passes, pinging the ball, uh, clearing the ball away from from uh, someone who's playing so deep. If there were if there were twenty and thirty yard passes and they were going into the space for runners, great. But when they're coming from that distance, you could stand stand there as a defender, even at my age, and you could play it all day. To be perfectly honest. Well, hey guys, guys. One thing I did notice right away in this match, and it is just so clearly obvious, and for us Newcastle fans, it's absolutely obvious, is the level of quality that Swansea had over the you know, over Newcastle. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, Swansea may be in last place, but when you look who they could put up top, who they could bring off the bench and vote. I mean, I would take Boney in a heartbeat for Newcastle United. Oh my gosh to have a target player like that. It, it was just crazy with what they had to offer in the midfield. I, you know, they haven't got it sorted, there's no doubt. But they had so much more talent on the pitch than Newcastle did, and they're the last place team in the Premiership. That just tells you what Rafa is dealing with and what he is somehow well, the issue, making the work. Issue is, the other issue, and I'll bring in Neil on this one and leave, but if, if, if they even thought, if, if Rafa Benitez thought he could, he has to sell, or if a bid came in for Shelby, Right, he has to worry about the fact that if he sells any player, that he's not going to get any reinforcement. Not give any money. Nope, he's not going to get a reinforcement. If he lets Mitrovic go, I mean, if he lets Mitrovic go, 
which, I mean, he's not going to get a reinforcement. And now they're going to be down another striker. Fair comment. Fair comment. I mean, this is where it's, again, nobody knows. Nobody knows what the situation is. Um, he seems to be working in the dark. Um, it, it's 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 a it's a real it's a real bloody mess. And this is this is here we are ha- having this pretty much the same discussion we could have had on first of January when the window opened. And what yeah, we explained everybody. Else. But yeah, you only you only need a you only need to look back at, in history uh, to when Kevin Keegan um, allowed well agreed to the sale of James Milner and was told he was going to have money to uh, reinvest. What happened? <laughs> it wasn't right. wasn't allowed. He wasn't allowed. He, he he'd lined up deals much like probably Benitez has now, ready to go, ready to kick in, but obviously he can't do them because he doesn't know what's available to him. <coughs> and then he'll you never know at the end of the month someone's yeah. going to come up, might some, someone might come up with a Cisco and Gonzalez again. And Liam, I remember Neil and I stand in front of uh, of Derek Lambayas uh, just after that period when when we decided that when they'd sold uh, Shea Given to them mm-hmm. to what we pointed out was now going to be the richest club in the world, and yeah. we sold them for I think five point seven million pounds. And when we turned round to him and said, uh, "So that's five point seven million," and he goes, "No, we we allowed them to uh, we give them terms, wasn't it? Yeah, and we, and we gave them yeah, and and then we gave them terms, and so they pay in installments, and we went, right. "What? But they're the richest club in the world. They've just been taken over by Sheikh Mansour, who is one of the richest men in the world, and and he went, well, it seemed like a good deal for us because it means we'll have a little bit of money coming in next year as well." We were just like standing there, flabbergasted, and the same the same transfer policy exists now. There's been no change to that that policy of giving clubs that buy your players off you terms while paying cash for the players that they were, you buy. They were, it, running it, they were running it like a branch of Sports Direct. I mean, it really was bizarre. Some yeah. of the stuff, and he'd come in and say, "I've got a great deal," and that would send shivers. Shivers down both of our spines because you're thinking, what the hell's he done now? Um, and and you just sort of, it was the be eyes at each other from across the room, you know, thinking, <laughs> Christ, here we go. Um, and he'd come up with stuff like that constantly, and it just seems like the in the, the the common denominator he has the owner. Yeah, it's not like the MDs, the same one. Never, never mind. He doesn't. Never mind. He doesn't play any active role, lads. He play, He is the. He plays the biggest role there. You know, I, I wouldn't mind if it, I actually think it, I'd. I'd be quite, quite comfortable if Derek was still in place because at least we developed some sort of working bloody relationship with him. We can knock on his door and have a chat with him. It's probably why he got the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I must say, yeah, he did start, yeah, he started to. Well, it's not growing yet, but <laughs> like a fungus. But. Um, at least I suppose you can you can talk to him. But this this the thing is that you've got basically one man and that's that Sean Lee and you've got that other guy who's in charge of the uh, of the finance I can't remember his name now. But nah, he's, he's not even there now. He's just he doesn't even exist now, so I wouldn't worry no. about him. He was he was there purely to find out exactly how much the club had and how and put a valuation on the club and to, and to put the club into some sort of shape to sell it. So that was his role. He he wasn't he was he's merely an accountant and that was his job and he's not even there anymore so don't worry about 
don't worry about Justin Barnes. He's not he's not pulling strings at Newcastle United. Uh, not by a, not by a long shot. He's he's long gone, and he's he's involved sitting down in London on the sale of the club. He's not involved in the day to day running and the finances of Newcastle United. I can guarantee you that. Well, guys, you guys <laughs> you guys may know more than me. I mean, you know, I keep I just read stories, and you see Twitter, and the one story says now that they think that the whole deal is going to collapse. And I imagine this happens in business at the time where, but it, it happens where everyone just keeps going to work and nobody really knows whether the takeover is going to happen. Nobody cares because they just keep going to work. But for this, it's a big deal because you, you got fans, you got everybody is wondering and on, on the edge of our seat. I mean, I think that, I honestly just think that hopefully he can get a couple lone players. I have heard something about a free agent, uh, you know, a free agent uh, you know, for the goalkeeper from Real Madrid. I don't know, guys. I, it looks to me like this is kind of how it's going to be. What I really hope is that Rafa doesn't leave. But if he does leave, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't be surprised. I read yeah, something where Troy Deeney was in play, but, but they couldn't give him assurances that Rafa was going to stay. So Troy Deeney was like, "Well, then I'm not coming then." <laughs> but Chris, I think my, my take on the Rafa situation would be, I I believe, um, no matter what, you'll see this season out. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I okay. don't think he'll walk this season, no matter what anybody says. I think he's he's got a degree of honour and a degree of, um, you know, he's, he's straight down the line like that. That he he will see this season out come what may. After that, that's when we'll find out what's going on. Is it? The I end think of somebody I believe not, but I'd have to. I'd have, I'd have to look at that, Andrew. No, he was bombed out. He was bombed out at Madrid because Sergio Ramos wanted him out. He was bombed out at uh, Napoli, um, and uh, he was bombed out at Liverpool, wasn't he? So, you know, you look at those three. Yeah, well, I think Valencia was was new already the manager, and, and and Liverpool came in for him, and and he was allowed to leave. Um, one headline I can bring in tonight, West Brom have bid fifteen million for Tom Kearney, being considered by Fulham. They then they then want Newcastle Dwight Gale. Alright, so that alright, well, so Alan Pardew's obviously slightly luckier than Rafa Benitez that he has his his money's not tied up in sports direct shares anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, on that, on that, on that very, very cheerful note, I think I'll go and have my tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. well, thanks, Keith. I mean, thanks we love... we'll catch you next week. Yes, <laughs> Cheers, guys. All the best. We'll bring in. I'll bring one of my last guests of this evening, and that is uh, John Newcastle fan. Good evening, John. How are you? <laughs> Andrew, happy new year, guys. Happy, happy new, new year. year to you. Happy new year. No, ha- nothing, <laughs> nothing happy you. about us. Oh, no. <laughs> so, t- so tell me, John, uh, you, you've obviously been up, no, I can see that you've been contacting people regarding the takeover, getting nowhere, that, that. so tell me, what was, what's your thoughts on um, the, the, obviously the performances of Newcastle and mm-hmm. Mike Ashley's um, do you, uh, situation? Do you, do you think he's worried about the sale, or do you think, as somebody said earlier, that he could... He could uh, Pull the sale and say he's going to give Rafa Benitez some money. Well, I heard um, someone said it might have been Lee. Someone said that um, he might take out the market and then he's going to give Rafa seventy to eighty million pounds. 
disgusting. <laughs> the Premier League, I think that's two and a half of that piece this shit trying to be absolutely ridiculous on PR shite, excuse me, French. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, I, I can't take this guy serious anymore. I mean, we know what he's like. He's an ignorant, unambitious owner, right? And as soon as he gets lost to Bella, so that's him. Now, the game. Uh, I watched it on stream on Saturday, sort of thing. We should have won that game. First half, I mean, Dwight um, had two chances. One strike the keeper, one went wide, and Perez, well, one on the keeper, and he still cannot finish. It just goes to show, if you don't take your chances, like, you're going to get punished. And I've said this so many times, I kind of sick of it. But it just goes to show that this is the game we need to win, and we didn't. And this is why we're in, still in trouble. We need a top quality striker to come to Newcastle, one or two, and a number 10. And if we get that in, sort of thing, then great. Then we may stay up at the end of the season. Our defensive side is okay. You know, we don't see many goals, right? But there's lack of quality in that in the team. There's just no quality in that team whatsoever. I mean, why is Marino... Um, wasn't playing, and why is Murphy not playing? Because Matt Ritchie, for me, has been absolutely poor for the last few months, actually. He's been terrible, right? That he needs to be dropped hey John, and play one, one other thing, guys, there's been no... And, 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 and let's be honest, the, really the best play that Swansea made was a service by a center back who was playing a wing and just put a perfect ball in between Newcastle's defenders who were just looking at each other. Yeah, I, I know yeah. we love LaSalle, but that was horrible. They let that guy oh, that's they shocking. Let him hit it twice. Yeah, it was shocking defending. But it was a terrific ball. There's just no – look, I can understand. If you want Yasulu at front, okay, that's fine. Well, then you've got to get somebody down the wings who can play the ball in, who can put a cross in. <clears throat> Yedlin, I think Yedlin's great at running people, at running – I wish he was a little bit more – I think at, even in America, we wish he would shoot the ball more because <clears throat> he's so good at getting past people. But then it's like when it's time to shoot, he freaks out. You know, I'd rather it. pass it to somebody. To be, to be fair, to be fair, lads, uh, uh, I was crossing into the box, and I'll even pick Matt Ritchie out on this. Uh, Matt, mm. Ritchie played an, Matt Ritchie played an absolute exquisite ball to Perez first half, uh, when Perez was one-on-one and went with his right foot instead of his left when he was clean through. Yeah. With two yeah, but he tried to do the instep in thing we'll instead put, of just sticking we'll put, his laces through it and score. We'll put two or three magnificent balls into the box first half where Gail should do better with headers. So I, I, I still think we all, and I suppose it's a good thing that we're creating, um, but we are... I mean, like I said, Mike Ashley's gambling with the future of the club, in my eyes. Uh, we are just, all we need is a number nine and a number ten. Even one of them, a nine. If we've got a nine, <clears throat> we stay in the league mid-table comfortably. I'm telling you now, we stay in this league mid-table comfortably. Without any investment, I still think we'll get over the line. Um, I'll agree with you. Yeah, I, I think, think, uh, I think, I think, I think it's, it's funny, isn't it, when you look at Newcastle being linked with, uh, I think somebody mentioned this already, but we linked with Troy Deeney and he wanted assurances over Rafa Benitez's future and they couldn't give him. They couldn't, he couldn't be given and he's now looking yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. I mean, Troy Deeney would have been your forward but, you know, they said Rafa wasn't going to come. They, he couldn't be given assurances. So he's like, now granted, that's a story you never know. But guys, I mean, you could have even got, I mean, I, I agree with what, uh, what John, I would, Gil, someone like Gilpy Sigurdsson, someone who can score from midfield would take so much pressure off. 
we haven't got we haven't got a player like that at all whatsoever. I mean, where's the last That's time what I'm saying. Where's the last time we had a midfield that scored scores from twenty five thirty yards? We ain't had that. We haven't had that in nope. Newcastle. There's no uh, thing is right, guys. I think to myself, I want I, I'm gonna be a bit brave here, sort of thing. I wanna be brave and just take the game to the scruff mm-hmm. off this neck. And we ain't got no one who can do that. John Joe Shelby can do that. But he has not done it at all this season, hardly. You know. See, I, mean? I think I think Diami is a potential to do that. He doesn't really have his shooting boots yet, but I wonder. I mean, I've seen him score some amazing goals and highlights. Maybe he just needs to see the ball go in the net because he does seem to be getting better and better and better every time they stick him out there. You made, you made, you definitely, uh, you're definitely making a good point, Chris, because the last two games, I was down at Swansea, the last two league games in particular, he's probably been our best player on the pitch. And he actually, he actually did take the game away from Swansea. He was outstanding. Uh, not Swansea. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I just, he just needs some shooting boots. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe he can take the goal, take the shots indeed. So I want to see more from. That's one of his best games I've seen for a while for more. But um, I want to see more from him this season. I really want to see more of him. You're right. I think he's one of these players. Neil, you you might I don't know what you think, but when you watch him, he looks like he's got the capacity to you know take over games. But I think he said himself. He did say on Saturday that he plays a couple of games and he comes out. He seems to lose. He seems to lose a bit of confidence. And because of what if Marino is obviously injured, he's got an issue with his back. He's, he's mm. going to be in there, but is the army a player that can you see the pass put him through? I'm not. I'm not what you think, Neil. Well, I, I don't think he's that kind of player at all, mate. No. That <laughs> I think he brings more than people realise in terms of work rate sometimes. Um, but is that enough? We need we need something more than that, and and I haven't seen anything from him. He's looked better. Since he had that thumping off of Lascelles, <laughs> yeah. he, he was excellent at Stoke. Really good at Stoke, he, actually. Well, probably his best game. Probably his best game for us. Probably his best game for us, Neil. I would say. Yeah, I'll go along with that. I, I watched that. Well, look. I mean, I don't really care who plays the pass, and make it be Marino or Shelby. I, I just want someone who can shoot the freaking ball outside the box. Because everyone just keeps, they know what Newcastle's going to do. They're going to go down the wings. They're not going to know what they're going to be doing. Shelby and frickin' Yedlin are going to play patty cake, patty cake back and forth because they can't, neither one of them are going to, they're going to try to beat a guy one-on-one. And they're going to cross it into one guy with three defenders on him. I mean, it just happens again and again and again. Why not put the ball out to the middle and have one of those guys take a shot and makes, and, 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 and unfortunately Newcastle does a, not do that. Just have a go. Just have a go. If you've got the confidence to do it, have a go. But like I, I agree. said earlier, it just can't. It just I just not seen anyone. You talk about the confidence word there. There's no way I've got the confidence to have a go. I mean, and another problem with having a minute, guys, is um, our set pieces. Our set pieces haven't been that great of late, hasn't it? Really? Oh, Richie's been horrible this year. I don't know what's oh, happened to him. God. He's been horrible. That chance that. Shelby has it. Well, I thought Shelby. I thought Shelby tried a ridiculously difficult shot. I mean, unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not going to pull that off. I mean, the only thing I was thinking he could possibly do on that one free kick was try to kick it underneath the jumping, uh, you know, the jumping wall, and try to kick it into that side. There's no way he was going to get that above, over the wall and down and in the corner. I can't believe he even tried it. But guys, what the hell? Why was Murphy on the bench? 
I have no idea. No Why idea. was Murphy like, on the bench? Murphy's been Newcastle's best yeah. player. Murphy should have played. Like he, Chris, he just answered a question there. Why are you leaving Murphy off the bench? You have to ask Atsu that, um, that, that question. He's got all the answers. Now, the only thing I can think of is he loves Atsu. Atsu's really good. You know, he, he gives him. And I think Rafa loves Richie. He would have to take Richie off to put Murphy. And that's kind of been, that, that's what he doesn't want to do. Because I guess Richie does play, do a lot of help defensively. I'm not sure how well Murphy does defensively whenever he's, you know, he's with Yedlin on that side. Maybe that's that, the reason. But I, I thought probably, Murphy gives so much forward. I would imagine it's probably because even even though Richie has struggled over the last couple of months, he's still our top um, assist, uh, assist in terms of goals this season. I think he's up there with some of the best. I think De Bruyne has got eight and he's got five. So, you know, he's... Uh, yeah. Gotcha. And also, and who also, set? Hey, who set up uh, Gale on? Who set? Who set up Gale on a platter for a header that he completely missed? I forgot who actually Dummett, had that cross. Dummett, 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 Dummett. was the first cross. Oh my Therese, gosh! Therese, Therese. I mean, you're a striker. Make the keeper freaking make a save at least. Now I'm just getting pissed off. The longer we're talking, the matter I'm getting. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, is that awesome fan TV? Chill, man. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you would say at least I'm not an Arsenal fan. No, I hear you there. <laughs> but they, it's funny they make more noise on TV than actually do in the ground, which is it's, it's symbolic of, of Arsenal, who uh, could be getting uh, a, a bangy yang. They're going to get a Boma yang, the guy that I've wanted forever. But here's the thing: Dortmund won't even play him. He's so out of favor of Dortmund that like. They just they, they they're not even playing him, so I don't know what's happened to him. Maybe maybe you know, maybe Arsenal deserves him. I don't know. Oh, he's he's been the guy I've wanted forever. He's he's been the guy I've wanted forever, but it's just not gonna happen. Maybe they can get maybe they can go try to get a jerk someone from the German league. Someone from I don't know. I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I have a feeling that the freaking transfer window is gonna close and this is gonna be the team. And if that's the case, well then so be it. But let's at least start playing the team, Rafa. I wanna see Rolando Aarons out there more. I wanna see some guys that are gonna start creating. Because I understand being defensive, but you're gonna have to start winning matches if Newcastle's gonna stay up. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's quite indicative of the whole situation that I think somebody said earlier that maybe Newcastle hasn't got Kennedy from Chelsea because they, maybe they put the wrong name in the system and that's the reason why he hasn't come yet because obviously Kennedy that we want has got one in and but Newcastle may have, put, may have actually tried to contact it I really think that's just like a Saturday Night Live skit. I don't think that's the case. But I'm not, I mean, I come on now. Don't eat Kennedy. We're going to get Mr. Kennedy from WWE. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Andrew, Andrew, man, it's exactly the same as the Tammy Abraham's deal in the summer. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly the same. It's just the same. Kennedy's been lined up. Rafa wanted it done probably straight away. Whoever's dealing with it just... They're just dragging their heels, man. Jesus Christ. And that's the thing. I don't think this is I don't think this is Rafa or Newcastle's fault. I think this is Chelsea basically letting us twist in the wind. Because this is exactly what he did in the summer, exactly what he just said. I mean he I mean we had it all set and Conte was being a dick. So fuck him. Excuse my language. Now I'm starting to get mad. I don't think it was Well gentlemen, I'm gonna end the show. <laughs> it's a free for all the minute, so thanks so much for coming on. Hey guys, sorry for the F bomb. I apologize no, for that. Right, um, 
Don't worry. It'll come out in the wash. We'll catch you next week. Why not just get the 52,000 people together, pay a punnit so and get a sniper to take my off the house? Yeah, no joke. Well, you can just get a helicopter. You can find it somewhere. <laughs> no joke. Well, guys, sorry for the language. I got no. mad. Uh, I, 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 I will. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll talk to you guys, everybody, uh, next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. Take care. <laughs> All right. Take Just go to iTunes and type in Toon Talk and you'll be able to download this particular show and the show beforehand uh, live instances on www.toontalk.co.uk and listen in live to the show weekly. weekly.